Can you all believe that it is week nine of the 2023 college football season? Because to me, it feels like just yesterday that we were still in the preseason making Big Ten and college football predictions. But we're close to the month of November, the month that distinguishes the fakes and the foes from the champions and the playoff contenders, so on and so forth. And while Ohio State, obviously, at the current moment, is 7-0, they're coming off of a big win at home against Penn State, they're obviously a college football playoff, national title, Big Ten title contender. That's well-established entering this game. Even though it isn't the month of November yet, their win over Penn State, their win over Notre Dame, and just the way they've played football, even though it's a style of ball that we're not accustomed to with a Ryan Day team, this Ohio State football unit can totally win a national title. They can go 15-0. They play some of the best defense, perhaps the best defense in all of the land. And with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka and Travion Henderson when they're healthy, and also tight end Cade Stover, an offensive line that has some upside. And when Kyle McCord's well-protected and doesn't face pressure, he knows how to read defenses and he doesn't panic. The upside to this offense is nearly limitless. For Wisconsin, they're 5-2. and two. They have one conference loss to Iowa. So losing to Ohio State here or to any other team in the Big Ten for the rest of the season obviously gives Iowa that head-to-head tiebreaker. However, currently, Wisconsin to a large degree, is in control of their own destiny. Tanner Mordecai is out for the season, so that makes winning out for Wisconsin, especially when they're facing a behemoth like Ohio State, very challenging. But they're currently first in the Big Ten West, and Luke Fickle, Phil Longo, Mike Tressel, they have one of the best staffs in the country. So also, side note, Luke Fickle played at Ohio State and coached there for several years. So Fickle is going to have a personal motivator to come out and coach his best game and lead a talented Wisconsin Badger squad to a massive upset victory. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. And before we resume this preview and prediction video, please remember to hit that subscribe button and click the notification bell. Make sure to like the video if you're an Ohio State or Wisconsin football fan. And please, in the comments section below, comment your thoughts, your analysis, and your predictions. We will be going live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So once again, click the notification bell and let it ding so you can get notified if you want to go watch my live tonight once again at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Lastly, please check out my Patreon page via the link in the description. We are cl so close, very close to 10 Patreon members. And if you're an All-American or Heisman Patreon member, you get insider access to my power rankings that I use to predict games, predict numbers as well, like who's going to cover the spread, who won't cover upsets, so on and so forth. Potential power was 14 and 11 against the spread last week. So it's above 500 in the spread. It's well above 75% um, in money line as well. So make sure to check that out. 
And if you're just an all-conference member, if you just want to support the channel, nothing more, your name will still be featured at the end of the video, like the name of every Patreon member. Without further ado, though, let's get right back to the topic at hand. Um, this game is a primetime game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, which that's going to be the time zone this game is played in. Ohio State is coming off of a hard-fought win against Penn State. And I say that with some hesitation because I watched that Penn State-Ohio State game. And in fact, I went live for that game, and I think that was the second most successful by viewership and watch time and earned revenue live stream that's ever been done on this channel. So if we could get 100,000 total viewers for my Michigan-Ohio State live reaction, that would be awesome. And I hope that can be the case. But that's far into the future. Um, I said that with hesitation because Ohio State made a plethora of mistakes. Same with Penn State. I mean, both teams did not play their A-plus scheme. In fact, watching that game, I thought that Penn State played closer to their potential than Ohio State did, which tells me that Ohio State has a far higher ceiling than what this current Penn State team could dream of. Ohio State, from about midway through the second quarter, early second quarter, it was pretty obvious that they were the better team. They were the more well-rounded team. And that on another day, maybe Penn State plays this game close. Maybe they win by a field goal. Also on another day, maybe Ohio State wins by three touchdowns. I don't think that the Buckeyes are coming off of this super emotional win. I don't think that's the case. I think that they expected to beat Penn State. Ryan Day, after all, is 5-0 and against James Franklin. 5-0 and against Penn State. Ryan Day, this was the first game in the Penn State-Ohio State series under Ryan Day where he didn't win by two scores or more. I mean, it... It's the expectation of Ohio State to win in every game as it is. Penn State, Ohio State's not Michigan here. It, it's a rivalry. I'm not going to go that far and say it isn't a rivalry, but I don't think Ohio State is going to have this emotional letdown against Wisconsin. Could Wisconsin surprise them? Yes. Could Wisconsin start fast, play their A-plus game, and Ohio State continues their streak of having multiple hiccups? Of course. In fact, that is very likely. Again, primetime matchup. Fickle is going to have, I don't know if vendetta is the right word, but he is going to be laser-focused on this game. There's no doubt about it. And Wisconsin has had adversity this season. They have a critical injury to their best quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, for Ohio State. I don't know if Trayvon Henderson's going to be healthy. We don't know if Denzel Burke is going to be healthy or Emeka Egbuka. And these are players who, take example, Michigan. I, I didn't get to do a top 25 video this week. That's my bad. Michigan is still number one in my top 25. They are. In my mind, even with everything that's going on, off the field stuff, just watching them play this season best team in college football as of now. Emeka Egbuka would be their wide receiver one. Denzel Burke would probably be a starting corner with how he's playing. 
and Travion Henderson would be running back number two because he's played better than Donovan Edwards. I mean, these are critical players that Ohio State's missing out on. Um, Wisconsin, of course, as I've already mentioned, is missing Tanner Mordecai, who passed for 1,127 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions before he went down. The main workhorse of Wisconsin is Braylon Allen. It's the main workhorse of this team. But Ohio State, even with their injuries, and whether they're long-lasting or not, we don't know. It, it was still impactful against Penn State. Marvin Harrison Jr. was the reason why Ohio State's offense got going. You put him on Penn State, the outcome of that game could have totally been different. That, that's why you recruit at a high level and develop at a high level, which Ohio State does both at wide receiver. They recruit the best wide receivers at a high school, and they develop at the highest level at the wide receiver position. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is... There's not a college football wide receiver like him. There isn't. X-factor player, elite athlete, uh, definitely Heisman Trophy candidate, and valid Heisman Trophy candidate, not by popularity contest, but by actual ability. All-American NFL player. For Ohio State, in spite of having to rely on X-factor players, having a quarterback who, let's face it, is probably the worst passing quarterback since JT Barrett. Now, that's still a serviceable, good passing quarterback, but not Dwayne Haskins' level, rest in peace, not Justin Fields' level, and definitely not C.J. Stroud' level. Despite all of this, the defense has gone above and beyond what most people expected. In the preseason, I picked Ohio State to have an elite defense, and so far they've fulfilled that prediction of mine. However, what I didn't expect is the offense to take as big of a step back as it has. The offensive line isn't cohesive. They don't play with a good sense of togetherness. They constantly make mistakes. And even when they play well, we saw this even Penn State's defensive line, even at the tackle position where Penn State is undersized at, was able to stuff them. And the wide receiver room, it's still deep, it's still elite, but you got to have a quarterback with great touch, accuracy, and arm strength to fully utilize that potential. And Kyle McCord is playing at a near elite great level, but he hasn't hit that elite level of play that Stroud had, which was, look, it was critical. It was critical for Ohio State's success in both 2021 and 2022, Ohio State doesn't have that same X-factor player at quarterback. They still have X-factor players at wide receiver. I'd even argue running back, and Cade Stover might be an X-factor tight end. They no longer have an X-factor quarterback, which is, along with the offensive line, in my opinion, the most important position on the offense. So the Buckeyes have had some offensive woes. Um, that would be an understatement for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin right now has the better run game. They're rushing for close to 200 yards per game, and I'm fascinated to see how Ohio State performs on the road and if my theory is correct about them not having an emotional letdown. Some might interpret the result of this game if Ohio State doesn't dominate here as a letdown, but I don't think this Ohio State team is in the business of beating teams consistently by 35-42 points. 
And this Wisconsin team is better than last year's Wisconsin team as well. So maybe I'm not thinking through things straight, but this game's being played in Camp Randall. About 80 to 90 percent of you all on my community poll picked Ohio State to win. 86 percent at the time that I, you know, sampled the poll. Only 14 percent are picking Wisconsin, which was about 360 people. And I, I sampled this poll late last night at around midnight when I was editing uh, this video. Ohio State is just straight up. The Buckeyes are given an 88 percent chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. The Buckeyes are 7-0. The Badgers are 5-2. The Badgers are unranked. I have not ranked them yet, but depending on how they perform in this game, I'd rank a 5-3 Wisconsin. Um, the Buckeyes are second in potential power. And in potential power, check out my Patreon page and subscribe as an All-American or Heisman so you can better understand what I'm talking about. But potential power is trying to measure how good each Power 5 team is. Hopefully it'll extend to all the FBS next year. How good each Power 5 team is when they are playing at their full potential. With the resources they have, I try my best to do research on major injuries and factor them into the rankings, manually adjust them, and on top of my rankings for rosters and coaching staffs, which are from my perspective, to make sure that I even out any potential inconsistencies, inaccuracies, biases, whatever you want to call them. I do factor in points per play margin, yards per point margin, along with recruiting rankings. Though I don't give much value to the recruiting rankings, I just give more value to the you know points per play margin, yards per point margin. Ohio State's number two. Michigan's one. Washington's three, Oregon's four, Georgia's five, Florida State is six. I mean, that that's really the group of teams that potential power is looking at right now. A Penn State, they're, I think, just inside the top 10, if not number 10 for context about Big Ten teams. Iowa is just inside the top 20, and then I think Maryland, maybe Rutgers are inside of the top 25, along with a plethora of SEC and Pac-12 teams. As I already told you, Washington and Oregon are actually inside the top four. Despite Ohio State being two and Wisconsin being 16 and Wisconsin hosting this game in prime time, potential power predicts that Ohio State should win by about three touchdowns or two touchdowns and three field goals to be more exact with the 20-point favoritism toward the Buckeyes. The Vegas line on this game is 14 and a half. And a lot of people are actually taking Wisconsin to cover. Understandably so. Wisconsin has a good defense. They have a run game. They're physical at the lines of scrimmage. I mean, Wisconsin is a team that, looking at Ohio State teams from the previous two seasons, were vulnerable to teams that could run the football, whether it was Oregon in 2021 or Michigan in 2021 and 2022. About 54% of public bettors right now are picking Wisconsin to cover, though very little public bettors are picking Wisconsin outright to win on the money line, which again, 14 and a half point spread, that's pretty big. The expectation is that Wisconsin probably puts up some kind of a an impressive fight 
but at the end of the day, Ohio State is too good in in-game adjustments. They have too superior of a roster, too athletic of skill position and perimeter players on offense and defense to lose this game, even after they have come out of a physical, defensive, all-time classic Big Ten battle against the Penn State Nittany Lions. So, Ohio State second, Wisconsin 16. In the actual rankings, Wisconsin isn't ranked, and Ohio State, I think, is three in both the AP poll and the coaches poll with a handful of first-place votes. The Buckeyes have the most impressive strength of record, I think, in the country right now. Wisconsin at 5-2. and two. The loss to Washington State does not look impressive as the Cougars are 4-3 and three and Cameron Ward's been effectively shut down. And losing to Iowa by 9? Really? Tanner Mordecai was injured, and that doesn't help. However, Iowa is, again, I, I seemingly mention this in every video, Iowa is absolutely, absolutely positively pathetic. There's no way to talk... There's no way to talk nice about Iowa, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have a great defense, an elite defense. Wisconsin has a good-to-great defense that has remarkably improved since the beginning of the season, as the run game has as well. Wisconsin's a team that really is getting better week after week after week as the transfers are settling in, as the coaches learn so much more about the roster. Remember, this is a first-year coaching staff. This is not a Paul Christ coaching staff. And all the staff members for Wisconsin, they're on their first year. This is a completely new coaching staff, and there are a lot of new players, whether they were players who were backups last year or incoming transfers. Will Pauling's a great example of this. Will Pauling is Wisconsin's leading receiver with almost 400 receiving yards, and he earned his first receiving touchdown, I do believe, against Illinois and a 25-21 comeback win. Wisconsin, in fact, will probably have more of an emotional swing, either in a letdown after coming off a comeback win, or they'll continue to ride the wave of adrenaline that they got after you know going on the road, being down, and then staging an impressive, really, army crawl to victory using a trick play at the end to come back and win 25-21. So if you're looking for a team who's more emotional, I would look at the Badgers, personally. Ohio State's done everything that their coaching staff and roster and anyone in my mind in the preseason who accurately assessed this team has expected them to do. There's only one team, I think, in the nation right now that you could say more than five times out of ten in a neutral field would beat Ohio State. Um, and I think that would be Michigan. Just two weeks ago, I would have said probably Washington and Oregon as well. But then Washington nearly laid an egg against Arizona State. And I wasn't impressed with Oregon against Washington State. Oregon has now had games against Stanford, Washington State, and Texas Tech where they start out slow. And they don't have Ohio State's defense to where starting out slow can be an identity or part of their identity of theirs and it not be a problem. The Buckeyes have a massive advantage over the Badgers, as we already know. They have the better staff, better offense, period, amen, outside of the trenches. 
Ohio State right now, I think they have a top 30, maybe top 25 offensive line. Wisconsin easily has a top 15, top 10 offensive line. They've done a very good job of running the football. In fact, the Badgers, to a large degree, have returned to their identity under Paul Christ. They just run the plays differently. They are in the spread, in the shotgun, you know, running that Phil Longo air raid instead of, you know, going out of the the pro-style sets, and so on and so forth. The Badgers are running for 4.9 yards per carry. Ohio State's only rushing for 3.8 yards per carry. And yes, Ohio State's played Notre Dame. They've played Penn State. I mean, they have played good defenses. Wisconsin has too. I mean, they played Iowa. Iowa still has one of the best defenses in the country, even though I don't think they have the same Hawkeye defense that they did last year, which was one of their best defenses, I think, in the whole Kirk Ferentz era. Wisconsin, they it's not like they've faced a schedule that's outside of the top 100, in, in all honesty. I mean, they've played Iowa. They've played teams that have been able to test them. They haven't played a schedule nearly to the same degree as Ohio State, but that 1.1 yard per carry difference, I think even when you adjust for the fact that Ohio State's played tougher defenses, Ohio State has more talent among the lines of scrimmage. They have the deeper running back room. Travian Henderson's injury, from what I understand, isn't serious. Maybe it is now, and Ryan Day didn't think so initially, and the, or the strength and conditioning staff didn't think so initially, and maybe he'll be out for much longer than we expected. But last time we heard, his injury was more of a manageable day-to-day thing. Well, Chess Malusi's out for the whole season. And despite Wisconsin having less talent, not recruiting as well on the offensive line, and being thinner at the running back position, Braylon Allen is 704 rushing yards on 120 carries. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns. He has 96 receiving yards on 23 receptions. They're trying to get him more involved in the passing game. Wisconsin's main weakness is the quarterback position offensively. Braden Locke played a good game against Illinois. In his career at Wisconsin, he's had 370 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Wisconsin only allowed 10 sacks on the year, and they're averaging nearly five yards per carry, despite only completing 60% of their passes and having a 114.2 passer rating, which was worse than Graham Mertz's last year at Wisconsin, by the way. Somehow Wisconsin regressed at quarterback after losing Graham Mertz, at least statistically, but also from a quarterback efficiency standpoint as well. That that was something I was wrong on, was that Graham Mertz is going to be terrible at Florida. He's actually been a very impressive player relative to preseason expectations and his past performances at Wisconsin, so good for Graham Mertz. But Wisconsin has an advantage at the offensive line, there's no doubt about it, whether it's Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons for Ohio State or... Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson or Carson Hinsman, each position along the offensive line has had its struggles. Meanwhile, for Wisconsin, they've had a good center. They've had good guards. Their tackle play is impressive. And as a result, they've been able to run the football better. They really have. And they also have the better special teams unit. But outside of that, Ohio State defensively is superior to the Badgers. 
Ohio State has had 14 sacks, 33 passes defended, five interceptions, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. The Badgers have 18 sacks, eight interceptions, one forced fumble, and 27 passes defended. And both have close to 450 total tackles on the season. Ohio State's defense is extremely conservative. They try and cage the quarterback rather than directly rush them, which I think is an intelligent strategy. As a result of being conservative on defense, the Buckeyes haven't gotten burned on big plays, but they haven't gotten a ton of highlight reels either. But they did get a lot of sacks, a ton of pressures and tackles for loss against Penn State. So this defense shines in their bigger moments. Even without Denzel Burke, Jermaine Matthews Jr. and Jordan Hancock were able to step up at corner. Josh Proctor has five passes deflected, a pick six, and 29 total tackles. He's one of the best safeties in the country. Lathan Ransom has two passes deflected. And Gigi Tuimolau has four sacks right now, two passes deflected, 20 total tackles. He leads the team in sacks. Um, the next leaders in sacks are Michael Hall Jr., the defensive tackle, and Jack Sawyer, the other defensive end, opposite of Tui Moolau, who each have one and a half sacks each. So this defense, it's not flashy when you only look at the box score, but when you watch how they play, they're tough, they're fast, they're intelligent, they know how to make adjustments, and they don't bite. That's the key with this Ohio State defense. They don't bite. They don't fall for bait. They're very smart. They're, they have a discerning defensive coordinator in Jim Knowles who does an elite job of putting his players in the best position to win. Marvin Harrison Jr., as I've already mentioned earlier, is the best wide receiver in all of college football. Kyle McCord has 1,937 passing yards. He has 12 touchdown passes, only one interception, though. The Buckeyes have 431.9 total yards of offense per game. Wisconsin, meanwhile, only has 397. The biggest defense in yardage is in yards allowed. The Buckeyes only allow 260.1 yards per game on average. The Badgers, on the other hand, allow 333.6. So the Buckeyes do have a huge advantage, but I want to reemphasize that Wisconsin front, with Jack Nelson, Riley Malman, Michael Furtney, Joe Huber, and Tanner Bordellini, that's one of the better offensive lines in all of the Big Ten in college football. It's it's better than Ohio State's offensive line. Um, outside of Notre Dame's, this is the best offensive line that Ohio State's played all year. It's a better offensive line than the one that Penn State had, for example. It Does it have Olu Fashanu? Or a player like him, no. But Wisconsin has a superior center. They have a superior guard room. They probably have the other four players not at left tackle are probably better than Penn State's guards, center, and right tackle. I mean, this is a very balanced offensive line, heavy, athletic whatever makes a great offensive line. It follows the tradition of Wisconsin football in that regard. Same with Braylon Allen at running back. A player to look out for on Wisconsin defensively, I would say is Ricardo Holman. 
He has four passes deflected, four interceptions, one returned for six, and 18 total tackles. And he is a top 50 corner in all of college football, according to Pro Football Focus, which is a high honor because right now you have some defensive schemes that employ consistently three starting cornerbacks and another schemes three starting safeties, depending on what 4-2-5 you run. Wisconsin runs a 3-3-5, so it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State handles that scheme of defense under elite DC Mike Tressel. Here are some players to watch. I'd say for Ohio State, pay attention to Michael Hall Jr. Because on the other side, I know Braylon Allen for I think every Wisconsin video I've done so far, he's been the player to watch, but really he is Wisconsin's best player in Braylon Allen. And with how quarterback play has gone this season along with tight end play and really just the passing offense all around being down Wisconsin's hope is to play good defense good special teams and to run the football that's Wisconsin's hope that's going to be their hope to win out to finish 10 and 2 or 9 and 3 or 8 and 4 if if they're going to go to Indianapolis it's because they can run the football and and likely win out is what that will require. Or they can afford to lose to Ohio State, but they have to win the rest of their games, and they have to count on Iowa losing to likely either Rutgers or Nebraska. If not those, then they have to find a way to lose to Northwestern and Illinois, which will be hard. Iowa has one of the easiest schedules overall out of every Big Ten team. Michael Hall right now has one and a half sacks, He has 12 total tackles. That's it. The break, the the breakthrough that he has against interior offensive lines and the fact that he is projected to be a first round pick is impressive. And behind him, or playing alongside of him rather, are Ty Hamilton, Tyleek Williams, Hiro Kanu. And at defensive end, he is JT Tuimolau, Jack Sawyer, Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson. It's a very deep defensive line. A defensive line that just has um, has kings of havoc everywhere along it. If you're Ohio State, you have to shut down this run game. Because Wisconsin does have, again, they have Will Pauling and Chimari DK. And they have good enough quarterback play where if they're able to establish a run, they will find ways to get Will Pauling and Chimari DK involved to create the balanced offense that they want to run. The reason why Wisconsin's going run heavy is, of course, starting quarterbacks injured, and the starting quarterback, the backup, and the third stringer evidently don't seem to be any good right now. And with how good or how elite Ohio State's defense is playing right now, I wouldn't expect that to change, but you never know. And Braylon Allen, him and Audric Estime, are the best running backs right now that Ohio State will face through the months of September and October. Braylon Allen can power through a line. Braylon Allen has breakaway speed. Braylon Allen has 23 receptions on the year. We could see him get involved in the passing game. So he's a versatile player. Michael Hall Jr. can stop the run, he can rush the passer, freak athlete, great player. I'm I'm very curious to see how 
Wisconsin's offensive line matches up with Ohio State's defensive line. I think that, to me, is the key matchup. And I think more importantly, Wisconsin's offensive line doesn't have the talent or the physicality in my mind, like let's say Georgia's offensive line or Oregon's or Washington's or Michigan's to straight up bully Ohio State's D-line. They're going to have to have some help and an A-plus game from one of the best running backs in all of college football. So that's my matchup that I'm looking at and players to watch out for. I also think that Ohio State's passing game, with some of the inaccuracies that we've seen from McCord and the fact that he's been sensitive to pressure, I think that Mike Tressel is going to try and bring pressure and count, this may sound foolish, count on his secondary to cover Ohio State's receivers, especially that will become the case if Igbuka is once again held out of a game because then all Wisconsin will really have to do is focus on covering either Cade Stover or Marvin Harrison Jr. You you just took out 33% of Ohio State's passing game production, or maybe more so 25%, because Marvin Harrison Jr. is just that big of an impact. But Igbuka was supposed to be the, the, the second leading threat, the number two guy for this receiver room. That, that's really what Cade Stover's evolved into because of Igbuka's injuries. But he had good games against Notre Dame. Igbuka did. Stover's been consistent all year. Same with Marvin Harrison Jr. I think that pressure will be dialed up, and there's a chance that Kyle McCord does turn over the football. I think with how Ricardo Holman and this defensive back core has been playing. Also, watch out for Mema Njongmeta for Wisconsin and Komoi Latu, great player last season, um, this season, more veteran experience. Alexander Smith is also the other corner um, opposite side of Ricardo Holman, who I think is going to be the main threat of this Wisconsin passing defense. Ohio State's defense overall, though, I just think is going to shut down this offense, whether it's in the run game, the pass game. Ohio State will collect a few sacks. I, I'm picking them to win, and I'm picking them to cover, too. A 31-13 on the road. Potential Power loves the Buckeyes here. And even though I don't love Ohio State to go on the road and win basically by three touchdowns or more, I like them to win, and I like them to probably win by anywhere from, I'd say, 14 to 17 or 18 points. And I'm going to go more so with the latter or the upper part of that range rather than the lower part. I think that Ohio State, though, will have to rely on Kyle McCord as there are uncertainties in the run game. I don't know if Henderson will be healthy. And seeing that he sat out, and by sat out, I don't mean he chose to. He wasn't cleared to play. He didn't play in the Penn State game tells me there's a chance this is more serious than previously anticipated. And if Mayan Williams and Chip Trainum are starting at running back in this game, Ohio State's probably going to have to labor to average three yards per carry. I think Wisconsin is good enough in their front six. Yeah, three defensive linemen, three linebackers. It's not a front seven. I think they're good enough there and have a great enough defensive coordinator in Mike Tressel and good players to stifle a rushing attack that has struggled all year, even against Maryland, at times against Youngstown State. 
really struggled against Indiana. I mean, this run game, it's not bad. It's not horrific, but, but it's below average average. And for Ohio State, that translates to bad because of the expectations and the amount of talent on the offensive line and in the running back room. I think that McCord will throw for over 300 yards, maybe 350, maybe even over 400. However, I do think he does throw a pick given the nature of Ohio State likely running more of a one-dimensional offense. Also, it's a road game. Camp Randall's going to be loud. The stadium's going to be packed. And this defense, it's aggressive. It's well-coordinated. And I think the approach to dealing with Wisconsin is going to be different than Penn State. I don't know if Ryan Day is going to continue to run the football for 30 to 40 times per game with the results that he's faced. I, I don't know. I don't know if that'll work because Ryan Day, even with the whole, you know, Michigan cheating scandal, and I'm a Michigan fan saying this, it's, it's been a very hard week as a result, um, but just bear with me on that. Even with th- those games potentially being invalidated, or being more of a gray area, like, well, would Michigan have won if not for their advantages? The fans still remember the 15 and 22-point losses. If if Ryan Day loses to Michigan by 30 this year, even if the win for Michigan ends up being vacated, it's just like Rich Rodriguez getting blown out by Jim Tressel in 2010. Every Michigan fan remembers that massive loss. They don't care that oh, well, technically it was vacated. I mean, they might say that as a defense mechanism, but you still remember that. Ryan Day is going to have to adapt, probably starting sooner rather than later, of what he thinks gives his best, his team, pardon me, their best chance of beating Michigan. And seeing with how this run game has struggled and operated, maybe that is going past heavy because Michigan at times has struggled this year in defending big pass plays. And Ohio State over the past few seasons, but especially in 2021, how they were able to get down the field against Michigan was having these short these short pass completions that did take time and that were uncharacteristic of Ohio State, but nonetheless they were able to get down the field with short passing plays. Not necessarily explosive, but short. And they had some few explosive plays as well. So it's just a theory. I think Ohio State's still going to dominate at this point with Penn State being out of the way. I'm really looking forward to, and I know the Ohio State fans are as well, to the game at the end of the year, especially with what's going on with Michigan. You cannot overlook Wisconsin, though. I think that this Wisconsin ground game has a chance to thrive. The quarterback situation, however, isn't friendly. And I think Ohio State's defense is just going to dominate this Wisconsin offense as a result. I think that whether it's the touchdown, the lone touchdown that I think Wisconsin's going to get, or a field goal, some of those points will come off of an Ohio State turnover. I think that you know, road game, loud, McCord against Notre Dame had a few interceptions that were dropped. Luckily, he capitalized off of those mistakes from Notre Dame's defenses and learned from his own mistakes. I do think there will be a few turnovers forced collectively, some for Ohio State, some for Wisconsin, but ultimately Ohio State's the far superior football team. They will win 31-13. to 
Thank you so much for watching this video. Remember to like it, subscribe to the channel, comment your thoughts down below, and click the notification bell. I want to give a shout-out to my patron, Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American, along with Noah DDLC, All-American patron, and SFS Inverted, another All-American patron. If you're an All-American patron or a Heisman patron, you get insider access to my weekly picks for all ranked games, whether I've predicted them or not, along with what potential power picks for who's going to win the game, who's going to cover the spread, etc., also, shout out to my all-conference patrons, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, and Chris Lane. Your support is always appreciated. It is never expected. Thank you so much for watching once again, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.